great afternoon, everyone, and uh, welcome to our broadcast, our podcast. Uh, today, our subject is, so you think you've been called to preach. How does one deal with being called to preach? Um, there are a lot of things, but I want to start, first of all, with uh, what being called really means, what being called really means, because a lot of people automatically assume that when they have been called to preach, that uh, they basically have been given that charge. And sometimes when God is calling people, he's not calling them to the pulpit ministry. He's calling them to ministry or he's calling them to minister or he's calling them. So we make a lot of mistakes because we don't get a clarity of what a person is really saying. If you've been called to ministry, it means that you have been called uh, to do the work of ministry, maybe uh, to work in the kitchen, maybe to work with the ushers, or maybe to work with uh, the administrator at the church. That's what being called means, and all of us have a calling of God on our lives. But the church has made it very difficult because what we have a tendency to do is we have a tendency to make people feel like there are levels to each job. So we give more credit to the person that is visible, the person who is in the pulpit, and less credit to the person who cleans the pews or makes sure that the church is clean so that we can have service. But we need to understand that there is an importance of all roles in the church. Uh, there's nothing more special about uh, the person preaching than it is about the person cleaning, uh, than it is about the person playing the organ, than it is about the person singing on the choir. They all go together so that we can effectively do ministry. We want to effectively do ministry. We want what we do to be counted. We want what we do, God, to be pleased with. And the truth of the matter is that a lot of stuff that happens or a lot of stuff that's going on now, God is not necessarily uh, proud of. Um, when we look at the scriptures and we began to go through the scriptures, we know that there were various times where Jesus went into the temple and had to clean the temple out because he was trying to show them my house shall be a house of prayer. So as we look at this, as we begin to analyze this, we also got to look at the words called and the word chosen. For the scripture declares, Matthews 22 and 14, many are called, but few are chosen. So what happens most of the time is people, whether they have a dream or whether they hear somebody or whether somebody says the calling of the Lord is on their life to preach, they immediately assume or there's a calling on their life, they automatically assume that it is the calling to preach. Not all of us are preachers. Not all of us are pulpit preachers. Not all of us are Sunday preachers. Not all of us are crusade preachers. Not all of us are street preachers. You've got to know what specificity God has called you to for ministry and walk in that. Paul says, make full proof of your ministry. Make full proof of your ministry. 
We have to look at that because in the Gospels, uh, the Bible says there comes a time when the people appear before Jesus and Jesus says, depart from me. I never knew you, but I was a preacher. Depart from me. I never knew you. You know, uh, uh, I was uh, in charge of soup kitchen. Depart from me. I never knew you. And the word here is a Greek word called gnosko. And when we look at the word uh, gnosko, it means to know, to intimately have a relationship. So what Jesus and what God is actually saying in the particular scripture that I just quoted is, depart from me, we never entered into relationship. Uh, my brothers and my sisters, I'm going to have to say to you that it's going to be necessary that if we're going to preach that we have relationship with God, because if we don't have relationship with God, uh, it, we're going to find ourselves in the same position where the Lord says, depart from me. I never knew you. We've never entered into relationship. We've never uh, got to know each other. You were doing the work of ministry, but you were not called by me. You didn't spend time giving me the glory. And that's another spirit that we find being loose in the church here lately, uh, it, it goes along with the spirit of Jezebel, the spirit of control, the spirit of pride, where people want to be seen. They have to be up in front. Ministry is not for those who are trying to be seen because ministry costs. Ministry is going to cost you something. And for some, it has cost their life. So we must understand the importance of ministry and understand that this is nothing that we should jump into or that we should be so quick to do because ministry is real work. Ministry takes uh, the people of God being at a place and understanding that while they are at a place that they've got to be able to maintain that place because uh, it's not all it cracked up to be or all it looks like because I believe that many of us spoil people because we make it seem so easy. We make ministry seem like it's, it's so easy, but ministry is not an easy thing. Ministry is a hard thing. And if you're going to get involved in ministry, you've got to make sure you have been called to it because if you have not been called to it, What's going to happen is you're going to find yourself really uh, behind, for lack of a better phrase, the eight ball. You're going to find yourself in a, a tough situation because preaching, uh, there's more to it than it looks. There's study, there's preparation, and this is not the podcast where we talk about that tonight. Uh, but there's a lot that goes into a 20 or 40 minute display of the word of God. You become a target, not only of Satan, but of the people, because they're looking to pick and to tear apart your presentation. So there is a lot to ministry, but many are called, Matthew 22 and 14 says, but few are chosen. There are some people who are called who are not chosen, but we're looking for people who are called and chosen. That word call means to summons in the Greek. It means to summons, to call to oneself. But when you're calling one to yourself, uh, it means to have a commitment to the place that you are now ready to die 
for the gospel. You're ready to give up everything. And that is one of the reasons why as ministers, when we are doing the service of ministry, we dress in black. We dress in that type of apparel because it says, I have died to God and I have died to myself. We're actually saying in the display of what we wear, not my will, but thy will be done, O Lord. So as we look at that, uh, being called, he's, he's asking something. And I like what Bonhoeffer says. Bonhoeffer says, it means to give oneself up to the point that you're going to be mutilated. You're going to be crushed. You're going to be destroyed. So that when people see you, they see Christ and they don't see you for your failures and your flaws. I say this so often, and it's very important. None of us deserve to be preachers. None of us deserve to be behind the sacred desk. None of us have lived so holy or so righteous that we actually deserve that opportunity. But God is a God of grace, God of mercy, and a God of justification. So what he does is he covers us so that we are allowed to preach the gospel. So for a person to be lifted up in pride, is not a good thing because pride does proceed. It comes before a fall. So pride will get you out there on the limb without a way to get back from being out on the limb. So it is very important for us as we look at these particular things that we understand that ministry is a lost art. There are a lot of people in ministry now, but not everybody in ministry has been called of God. Some have chosen it as an occupation. Some have chosen it for its flamboyance. Some have chosen it because of how it looks. Some have chosen it because it looks like money is being made. But I've come to tell you any person who enters ministry for the wrong reason will find out ministry is not easy. So then, the second thing we want to look at as we look at being called is we want to look at uh, Luke chapter 9 because Jesus says, if any man comes after me, he must first take up his cross and then follow me. We don't take up the cross of Jesus because every one of us have our own cross to bear. We have our own experiences we're going to have to go through to make full of the proof, uh, full proof of our ministry. We have our own things that we're going to have to survive in order to preach effectively. You don't ever want to covet another man's gift. I think I say that basically on all of these podcasts. You never want to covet another man or another woman's gift because you don't know what it took for them to be able to minister one message. Noah preached for over 200 years preaching the same message and nobody listened. Nobody heard him. Uh, Paul preached and, and, and after he had denied Jesus on the day of Pentecost, he preaches one, sir, one message and 5,000 folk are saved. So we never know what's going to happen. So if you're in it for the numbers, if you're in it for the statistics, if you're in it for the status, you're going to find yourself being worried and frustrated about the gospel. 
So Jesus says, if you're going to come after me, you got to take up your own cross, your cross and follow me daily. It's not just a Sunday thing. It's not just a thing when I have to preach. It is being ready at all times to preach. Bishop Harold Ivory Williams said, you want to have three sermons, one in your head, one in your heart, and one in your briefcase, one in your pocket, because you want to make sure that when it's time to preach, you are able to preach. So when we look at this, we've got to go further into it, and we've got to understand that as people of God and as people who are looking towards the gospel message, uh, Jesus also told the disciples, if you're going to follow me, you must be willing to eat of my, eat my body and drink my blood. Scripture says shortly thereafter, many did not follow or they ceased from following Jesus. And so we want to understand that Jesus is actually saying to them, the cost that it's going to cost you is a heavy cost. It's going to cost you something to follow Jesus. It's going to take something to be ready to follow Jesus, to be in the lifeline, to be doing real ministry. And most people are not willing to, one, give up all, Two, to pay the price, because if you're going to be anointed, to be anointed means that you're going to have to go through the crushing, the bruising, the battering, the pushing, the pulling. It means that you're going to have to be mutilated in order for an olive to give up oil. It must be mutilated. It is no longer recognized, but it is so mutilated that all of the oil and the purest oil comes out at the end. As we look at this, uh, that is relevant to us who are preaching because God is saying to us, you're going to be crushed, you're going to be bruised, you're going to be mutilated, but the oil is going to pour. And I must submit to you, not everybody has the oil. Not everybody is anointed for this. Not everybody has been chosen for this. Some are called, but only few are chosen. So when Jesus got finished talking to them, nobody wanted to follow him because they did not understand whether Jesus was talking about cannibalism or whether he was talking about something crazy. So a lot of people ceased from following Jesus because they understood that is a tall price to pay. You're going to have to go through what I went through. You got to go through some of the things and we know what Jesus went through. Are you ready to be betrayed by your friends? Are you ready to be mocked? Are you ready to have a crown of thorns placed on your head? Are you ready to be pierced in your side? Are you ready to give up your life? Are you ready to be hung on a cross? Are you ready to have nails placed in your hands? Are you ready to be denied by one of your closest disciples? Are you ready to be looked upon and questioned and told, I'm not going to believe it's you until I have physical proof? Even though Jesus had taught the disciples and given to them all kind of relevant lessons, when Jesus had departed and gone through what he had gone through, they were not ready. They had to get themselves ready. He told them to go to Jerusalem, wait there until you be endowed with power from on high. But the disciples scattered. 
The disciples ran because they were fearful. They were afraid. They felt if Jesus was crucified, then surely one of us or all of us are next. So as we look at this, we've got to look at preaching because preaching takes preparation. Preaching is uh, 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 the type thing that goes with things. It uh, sometimes does not stand alone. But it goes with things. So preaching uh, uh, has a guarantee. Jesus even says in Mark's gospel, I think it's chapter 10 and 29. No man leaves houses, leaves mother, leaves uh, farms, leaves food for the gospel sake and God not pay them back. So there are some rewards, but sometimes it is hard to see the reward of our preaching because we are so busy looking at numbers, trying to figure out whether or not we have been effective. Sometimes your effectiveness will not show until you're standing before Jesus. Somebody will take uh, a part of your message and that message becomes the culmination or the beginning of their ministry and the culmination of their walking with the enemy. And they give their life to Jesus, but they don't do it in front of you. That word stays inside of them. You are tested by that word. You're tried by that word. That word will come upon you and that word will cause you many days of repentance and seeking before God because the message must first be to the person who is delivering it and then second to those who are the listener. So as we take our preparation and we are called, we are summoned to God. God is calling us out. God is pointing to us and he's saying, it's you that I want. And we sometimes preach and, and I will tell you that theologically and biblically, this is wrong because we use uh, uh, Jeremiah's uh, prophecy and Jeremiah's words that were given to him. Uh, that before you were born, I knew you. That is not for every person because God is speaking to Jeremiah because of the type of calling that is on his life. And if we would do a display, it would take us a while to do to look at the callings. The calling of Jeremiah is different from the calling of Peter. The calling of Peter is different from the calling of John. The calling of John is different from the calling of Philip. Each person, God specifically tells you while he's calling you what it is for you to do. Not everybody has been given to ministry so that they have been given to the body. Some people are just local preachers. Some people are just exhorters. Some people are just good talkers. And you got to know the difference. But when God calls you, and a lot of times what we have to do is go back and analyze what did he say? Where was I? What was said when he called me? He says to Peter, after Peter has denied him three times, now he's calling Peter into ministry. And he says, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, yes, I love you, Lord. He says, feed my sheep. Then he wakes him again and says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, yeah, Lord, I already told you I love you. He said, feed my lambs. 
Then thirdly, Peter is awakened again. He says, Peter, did you hear me? Peter said, yes, Lord, I heard you. I, I heard you the first time. He said, well, then feed my sheep. So he's telling him that I'm going to send you to the sheep and to the lamb, which means I'm going to cause you to shepherd. I'm going to put you in a place of shepherds. We know that Jeremiah says that there is coming a time, and I believe that this is the hour and the season that the Lord is fulfilling his word, where he says to them, I'm going to give you shepherds after my own heart that will feed you, F-E-E-D, feed you. They will put something in your spirit. They will feed you. Uh, they'll teach you. They'll, they'll, they'll have you at the place that you should be as a sheep. They're going to feed you like a good shepherd. And then he teaches us that with shepherd's ministry, it is the shepherd that leaves the 99 sheep because one sheep has been lost. So that is a different calling from the evangelistic calling. It's a different calling from uh, the local church calling. It is a different calling from some of the other callings. If we look at the calling of Gideon, if we look at the calling uh, uh, of Daniel, we will see something totally different. But now God is calling Peter to that specific place. So the first question that I would go back to is what was said when he called you? Because it usually gives you an indication of what God wants you to do in the body of Christ, whether he's calling you to children's ministry, whether he's calling you to the choir, whether he's calling you to clean up the church, whether he's calling you to be the grounds person at the church, because we believe that God calls preachers, but we don't believe that God calls people to do the lawn. We don't believe that God causes people to do the behind the scene work. We don't believe that God calls people so that they can uh, clean up the church. All of those are callings of God. But since I know most of you are going to insist that your calling was a calling to the ministry or calling to preach, I want to help you. And so as we look at that, we've got to understand that there is a lot behind preaching because preaching is a lost art. Reaching folk. The Bible says we have to be wise if we're going to be able to reach people. It's go we have to be wise. And so when we look at this, we begin to understand that while there are all types of ministry, while we have to look at what God said when he called us, we also have to consider the fact that he just may not be calling us to preach. He may not be calling us to gospel ministry. And what happens is a lot of people run to that because they didn't hear the whole instruction. Uh, I say that when people are being prophesied to you being prophesied to and you get so excited, you cut flips and you turn around and you take you take off and run. The preacher says, run around the church two times and you, you got so happy you ran around six times Well, you were just disobedient because you were told to run around the church two times. So we have to listen to the specificity that comes when God is calling us to Christian ministry. What is he specifically saying? Who is he specifically calling you to? Most time you will find that every message you preach is really the same 
message. It's just been given a new vehicle to ride in. It's been given a new wax job. It's been given a new car wash job because just like Noah preached for 120 years, you will probably preach the same message over and over again. But have you been called to deliverance ministry? Have you been called to the track ministry? Have you been called to the sound ministry? What ministry have you specifically been called to? And then you have to do what the scripture says, study to show yourself approved. That just does not have to do with preaching one message, but our lives should be a life, a discipline of studying, a discipline of laying before God, a discipline of praying, because in times like these, you're going to meet up with all kinds of challenges that you have to be spiritually astute to handle. You have to be spiritually charged up to handle. Uh, the sons of Siva were uh, watching, and as they were watching, they saw the men of God cast out demons. But then somebody came along who did not understand the formula that did not understand what was happening, and they tried to imitate, they tried to duplicate, they tried to replicate uh, somebody else's ministry, and what ended up happening is when the demons came out, chased them. And so we've got to understand that we don't want to be trying to emulate, to imitate, to duplicate, to replicate somebody else, because Again, you don't know the cost that they had to pay. So we want to understand that when God calls us to ministry, he calls us to be original. Not everybody is a Bishop Jakes. Not everybody is a Juanita Bynum. Not everybody is a Noel Jones. But all of us have different callings. Be you and be comfortable being you and be your best self so that when you minister, you have your own reputation and nobody has to compare you with somebody else. We really can't compare preachers because preachers are different. They're preachers who start off slow and they, and, and they speed up like an airplane. They're preachers who go up and down like a roller coaster. That's not good. They're preachers who uh, 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 stay on an even keel. But if you're a plane, uh, that plane is supposed to at some point fly. So you have to know what you have been called to in Christian ministry and stand in that calling. Do not become intimidated by anybody else. Do not become deceived by anybody else. Do not compare yourself with anybody else, but know that God has individually chosen you. The Psalm says that we have been fearfully and wonderfully made. He knew who you were when he called you. He knew your name when he called you. He knew your position when he called you. He knew who he was sending you to when he called you. So be comfortable being you and stand in the platform of who you are. Uh, Bishop Williams, whenever I went to him and I was, you know, the Lord had called me to minister, uh, came back to me and said to me, okay, the Lord called you to minister. What did he call you to do? And I said, he called me to minister. He said, no, what did he call you to do? Because there are many facets of ministry. And then he went further and says, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a paper. It needs to be three pages and, and, and not double spaced telling me how you know you have been called to ministry. Brought that paper back to him. He says, okay, secondly, 
uh, what ministry have you been called to? And I brought that paper back to him and I came, he gave me a third assignment. He says, okay, since you know that you've been called, you feel like you've been called to preach, you feel like you've been called to this area of ministry. I want to know what you're going to say when you minister. And I, so I thought he meant to write out the sermon. He didn't mean to write out the sermon. What are you going to say? When you are ministering. So ministry has to be thought out. It had to be prepared for. Even before you preach your initial sermon. I don't like to call them trial sermons. Because you're not on trial. But your initial sermon. What should be happening is there should be time spent with you and your leadership. Time spent with you and God. Time spent away from everything and everybody else. So that you can be purged. So you can be purified so you can be sanctified on the day that you minister the gospel. It's so important for us to be set aside. So many people are running to ministry and they're thinking it's easy. They're thinking it's just getting up and having the talent. It's more than talent. It's more than a notion. It's more than just getting up and preaching something. It has to be thought out. What is your plan for writing your messages? What is your, uh, uh, do you have an outline system or, or uh, do you have a three point system or what is it that you're going to minister? Where are you going to minister from? Then you have to understand the scriptures that you are ministering. Have you done a commentary? Have you read over this particular scripture in other uh, other Bibles other than King James Version? Have you studied the customs of the time? Have you studied the traditions of the time? Do you understand the culture of that time? Because we can't preach a 19th century or 18th century or 17th century message based on a 20th century uh, knowledge or 20th century path. Okay, modernized scripture because the scripture is the word and we don't want to take it and try to modernize it or make it hip or make it say something that it doesn't say. Have you read more than one commentary? Have you read Ryrie? Have you read Wycliffe? Have you read, uh, 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 I'm trying to think of one of the other, uh, other, uh, uh, commentaries, Matthew's commentary. Have you, have you read it in those different commentaries? And do you see what they are saying? And do you embrace what they are saying? Do you embrace what right, uh, Wyclef says? Do you embrace what Ryrie says? Can you embrace it? Then are you ready like an artist to draw a picture? Are you ready to make this so crystal clear and so clean that even a child would understand it? So it takes a lot to be a preacher. Just being called is not enough. Have you been given to prayer? Have you been given to fasting? Have you gotten the foolishness out of you? Are you mature? Or are you still childish? Because when you were a child, you spoke as a child, you understood as a child, but now there should be a time of maturity because I am preaching the gospel and I'm after souls. I want somebody to be saved from the words that I preach. So with that, you want to make sure that you are making your calling 
an election sure. You want to make sure that you're expressing what the scripture means. Have you done an interpretation? Are you given the right interpretation? Are you given the right information? Are you given the right perspective of the scripture? From whose perspective are you going to give it? Uh, who in the story are you going to make the main character? Who are you going to make come to life? Uh, what are the different things you're going to say when you preach? All of that is important when it comes to the gospel preaching ministry. And since you've been called, surely you have a plan and you place something together. I'm going to end this podcast today, but there is so much more we can talk about. But whenever we get on here and we're trying to flow, we're trying to focus and we're trying to hit certain points. Our time gets away from us. But I want to tell you how you can subscribe to this podcast. Those of you that are listening, you can prescribe to this podcast. And what you simply need to do is go to your platform that you receive podcasts. So if you have an iPhone, you can go right on the iPhone and you will see the podcast icon. I believe it's purple. Press on that icon and then in the search, push Kelvin Shouts. And when you push that, my name is going to come up. My broadcast, my podcasts are going to come up. You'll be able to follow these lessons as we give it and even join us live as we go live. You'll be able to spend time with us, dialogue, and we can ask questions about preaching and about the gospel. You can also Google us. If you Google us, it's going to tell you where our podcast is. We are on, I believe, almost all with exception of one podcast platform to God be the glory. So you're going to be able to get us and you're going to be able to listen. And hopefully you're going to be able to grow from the information that we share. If you feel so inclined, you can meet us at Calvary Covenant Fellowship Church. 2207 East Green Drive in High Point, North Carolina. We'd love to have you come and share with us. Or you can meet us on Facebook Live at Calvary Covenant Fellowship. Thank you for joining into this podcast. And I want to say to you, make it a great day. As we leave you, we're going to leave you in good hands.